So the, the greatest way you can actually understand it is that, that it's an everlasting evolution into love. Jumbo fellow adventurers and podcast listeners, I'm Mike Dooley. Welcome to Spiritual Tune-Ups. Today, an extraordinary opportunity to look into the heart and the mind of one of my dearest friends, Shaman Durek. We go back many years and we have shared with one another the support we sometimes have needed. He has inspired me when I was down. In this interview, he's going to talk about his near-death experience. He's going to talk about being a bridge from the spirit world to the physical world as a third generation shaman. He practices what he preaches. He lives a life of absolute joy, and he's got tools and techniques that will help us get there. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this time I got to spend with my dear friend, Shaman Durek. Shaman, welcome to Mindful Magic. Thank you for having me so much. Thank you, Mike. I'm really honored. Wow, it's a great privilege and pleasure, particularly given that you're in Istanbul. Yes. And what time is it there right now? Is it really four o'clock? Four o'clock. So you do you do you sleep anymore? <laughs> I don't sleep as much as the average person does, but I do sleep quite a bit, but not as much as everyone else does. Well, well, uh, I start each of these sessions out asking the participant, you know, who is your God, Shaman Durek? You've got a lot of choices given how much you've studied. Uh, well, you know, even all my studying, um, what really came clear to me is when I actually died and I went to the other side and I got to really answer that question for myself. And um, my God is pure love. It stays in a perpetual state of pure love, which it doesn't interact with anything that is a different or opposite of energy source. It creates and creates and everything it creates, creates consciousness and that consciousness has free will. And it exists in multiple dimensional levels. So, so it means that all things existing. So every possibility that exists that you could ever imagine and think of has been created. And so that, that energy, that core energy of God, which is this beautiful, amazing love that just keeps exploding and exploding, creating more universes, more galaxies, more experiences by all of us having our experiences and bringing it back to that center, that nucleus of pure love, pure unconditional love. That is my God. Wow. I got to ask you, I, I hear the term love used so much. We all do, you know. It means so many different things to so many different people. To human beings, invariably, it's um, a conditional love. Um, but when you say God is love, um, I help me put a personality to that. If you can put a personality to God, because I, I think God's got to be more than just you know beaming, radiating, golden love. I mean, there's some kind of intelligence, maybe a sense of humor. Uh, what what? 
Yeah, so the, un the identification of love from human awareness is a distorted form of love that was created out of the false technology, which is the idea that you actually have to do something, be something, create something, or own something in order to have value and love on this planet. And God's love is cremating beyond those human conditions. You see, we can't even touch the fiber of the essence of God's love only from the, the aspect of us actually learning about ourselves, um, loving ourselves. And the thing is, it goes even beyond that. So I can't even use a word to describe the level of love that emanates from the sources intelligent because the intelligence itself has no duality and it has no uh, confusion, it has no restriction, it has no um, um, any human emotion. It goes beyond those things. So the, the greatest way you can actually understand it is that, that it's an everlasting evolution into love, right? And love is something that evolves. And a lot of times people don't understand that love evolves. You know, and then when you begin to grow and, and, and live more in your heart, in your truth, in your authenticity, you begin to experience the many levels of love. It's an endless journey. Yeah. Well, you know something that's come to my mind when I started writing notes from the universe 17 years ago? Um, you know, I think the universe, and why wouldn't it? It's not just, it's not just so lofty and neutral. It's got a sense of humor and a sense of adventure. And I mean, because I see it expressed through me, I want to assign that to divine intelligence. Is that fair? Is there a playfulness or is that Absolutely. intelligence? Absolutely. I mean, when I died and went to the other side, everyone was playing. It was just a giant playground and everyone was creating um, individually and collectively. And the places that were um, where people would spend time together, all of their greatest experiences of the, what they what they experienced as the greatest feeling or greatest experience, their all their consciousness were merging and creating the most beautiful garden that everyone liked. And then when you were in your own place, your own part of heaven, what you would call like what I call like the limitless space, because it was like amazing visiting some of my friends who passed away and seeing what they created on the other side. It was like what it was like. I, I can't even tell you. And the thing is, there is no emotion. It's, it's like, uh, I remember when I got there, um, I didn't have a body. And this woman came to me. She wasn't moving her mouth. And she said, you know, would you like to create a body? And my consciousness said, well, what can I be? And she said, you can be anything you want. You can be a sound wave, a color. You can be an, an anything you want to be. And I was like, I want to have the body that I had before. And all of a sudden, the body appeared. And I remember touching the ocean and the sand. And it was like the best, best blanket you ever had, the best conversation with a friend you ever had, the, the best um, food that you ever tasted, the best thing that you've ever experienced all wrapped up in one experience and it was so like the, the energy of consciousness was so empowering in that moment that when I came back into this physical body I remember saying to my dad like this is so strange to be back here because I feel dirty I feel like there's bones in my body and I I feel things I don't feel that the essence of it like I used to when I was on the other side and the, the joy and the playfulness that everyone has we're like children in a beautiful playground that's endless oh my gosh that brings to mind so many thoughts and questions and so much uh, resonance that was where I wanted to go next with your 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 death experience there's nothing near about it um, did time expand were you there a long time it seems like you brought back a lot and do you visit 
knowing you as I do now, I take it you still go there. Yes, of course. But I spend more time in the underworld now because I go to the dark realms to help people who committed suicide and people who were in war and they can't let go of, of their life experience and go into the light. So I go there to help them and to assist them into moving into the light. And then, so I go there, yes, but I'm kind of like going back and forth. I go at nighttime, I'm always going like back and forth between those realms. Um, but the thing is, uh, what was your question? You were asking about my experience. Were you there a, like a long time? Oh, Did you, the equivalent of a month, a year, even though it maybe have been five minutes or two minutes? So the doctors pronounced me dead for more than 4.45 seconds. That's the reason why I was brain, brain damaged when I chose to entry back onto Earth. 4.45 seconds. Four minutes and 45 seconds? Yeah, 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 exactly. Four minutes and 45 seconds. Um, so when I was there, it didn't feel like four seconds or five minutes. There was, it, it felt like I was there for a long, long time. I remember going to sleep, waking up, and they were telling me that I was allowed to sleep to rest. And I was visiting family members, friends. I was looking at all the dimensions of earth that exist. I was looking at all the possibilities. I mean, it was so many things I was doing. I remember one place I went where I turned myself into sound and I was bouncing off of other people playing in this beautiful like forest. We were flying over trees and, and bouncing off each other like sound waves and having laughter and joy in every experience. I mean. It, it felt like I was there the longest time. And then I even remember I was having so much fun and these two beings came up to me and asked me if I would like to go back or if I want to stay. And I said to them, so like you mean people have a choice to go back or to stay? They said, everyone chooses. Everything is chosen by the soul itself. Do you want to go back or stay? And I said, I want to go back because I knew that this would be here for me. And I also knew that all that I learned, I had to share it. I even asked them not to erase my memory so I could have full memory and full ability to share the knowledge, the technology, and the understanding to people so that they would realize that they are not alone and they are loved and they don't have anything to prove to anyone and that they can live and feel that energy all the time and I can take them there to get them to that space. And that was more than anything coming back. Wow. Um, you know, this is totally, as you know, this is what I write about, teach about, talk about. Um, but I want to ask you questions for the benefit of everyone uh, and, and for my own confirmations. Yes. Given that virtually everyone who's gone there, who's come back, says that it was just unbelievably awesome and cool there. I think your description is my favorite about the playing and becoming sound. And of course, of course, you know, truth resonates. We know it immediately when we hear it. Um, why, how would you put it? Why, if we're all there in a place of eternal bliss and yaya and games, why do we come here? Why do we come into this realm? Because, okay, remember I explained to you that um, God creates every possibility. So every possibility exists. So within one of those possibilities, darkness was formed. And in that, that darkness has been pulling our brothers and sisters into it 
because they didn't know what it was and they kept going into it and it built off of their consciousness and it entered into our this region of this planetary region you have um earth and mars and pluto and so forth and uranus and stuff and there's other planets that we don't see because our consciousness isn't awake enough to see it so we just see black space because we can't see the other planets it doesn't matter what technology what hubbles we send out there it just we can't see it because our perception isn't allowing us to see it yet because we don't believe in it yet but we only perceive that which we can accept. And so what happens is that darkness has cremated itself into this region of the universe. And through the help of other beings, we have coalition to come to Earth and do an experiment of understanding how to bring the light into darkness. But what we did when we first did it, it didn't work because we didn't understand the darkness at its capacity. And then we realized that we had to take a form and allow the darkness into ourselves. And so as we allow the darkness into ourselves, we're able to, when we bring love to it and we bring understanding, we think it's us that we're actually bringing understanding to. But in fact, what we're doing is we're bringing understanding to the darkness we transform that darkness back into its original form, which is love. Basically, this is Operation Bring Our Brothers and Sisters Home. And everything that we're living is to teach us how to love more, be open more, be non-judgmental more, how to be able to embrace life and love creation, not just from religion or rules, but to value life. And we haven't gotten there yet. We will, but we haven't gotten there yet. Um, if I could throw something out and tell me what you think of this. You know, you know, we're always limited when we have a few words to answer a question. Um, some of that would almost sound like, you know, wow, we've created the darkness and now we're kind of stuck there and it's a rescue mission. At the same time though, it, the, there is love here, there's light here, there's friends and laughter and it's one hell of an adventure. You know, I, I tell audiences we're on the cutting razor's edge of reality creation not even remembering that we're reality creators anymore. So I, I think, is it equally also fair to say that this is, in addition to, to a realm of darkness, um, it's a realm of darkness within the light, so to speak, where there is you know, endless opportunity for love, joy, infinite possibilities for creation and dreams coming true. And from that perspective, a pretty desirable place to come visit. Let me um, explain it to you a little bit clearer because I think you, you kind of got my thing a little construed. It's oh, not no, that was just my add on. So, oh, okay. So, the darkness was here and we brought the light into the darkness to create a vortex. So, every time we operate from a place of love and we operate from a place of joy, we create these light vortexes that allows other beings in other realms that are pure light to anchor themselves. That's what light beings mean when people talk about light workers and light beings. What it means is that you embrace the darkness with pure unconditional love, therefore creating a vortex, or you embrace yourself, even though you have all of the, the darkness trying to tap into your consciousness and make you believe things opposite of yourself as a child of this. Uh, and, I, and I call us more than creators, I call us quantum creators, because we are creating on quantum scales of information and technology and energy that is going out into the universe by every time we, we move ourselves from one paradigm of thought 
to another paradigm of thought. We make quantum leaps, and therefore we are actually step, stepping into quantum um, aspects of ourselves that are existing in its one place and existing in another place. That's a whole other topic, but let's just go back into it. So the thing is, is that yes, all these things are here. Yes, love is here. Yes, all these things are here. But the thing is, what happened with what darkness is doing to people is it's making them forget about the mission, which is to love the things that you cannot love, love the things that you cannot stand, embrace the things that are uncomfortable. And what we do is we lock it up, we barricade it, we kill it, we, we turn our backs to it, we put it in a top secret box and don't want to talk about it. And we, we, we consider the unknown scary and we anything that's different, we don't see it as evolution, we see it as a threat to where we are right now instead of understanding that everything that is different is, is about evolution. Right. And so we have we're in a period right now what shamans call um, and what I was taught since I was a kid is the dark phase. This is the dark phase. After the 2012 calendar ends in the Mayan cycle, all shamans know that we go through a 10 year dark cycle. That dark cycle is what we're in right now. We're in the middle phase. That's where everything comes up to the surface that people have to deal with. And that's why it's important for people to get really into their spiritual path and their in their truth and really honor love as a, as, a, as a foundation of truth in their being instead of keep listening to the lies that they, they, their mind keeps telling them. Wow, that's really cool and clear. Um, what would you say now is your core message to those you cross paths with? You know, in a few sentences, what does Derek Shaw, uh, uh, Shaman Derek bring uh, in word form to the world? So my message is to, I have several parts of my message. One part of my message is that we have to help women get back in their power. That's why I, I'm, a, I'm a women's empowerment leader, because I'm about helping women get back in their power because they have been given the ability to have an intuition and guidance that comes with the connection to nature. So they represent the cycles of the moon. So my focus is always about, we have to get women to see their power so that we can, so we can save this planet, so we can save our survival on this planet. The, the other thing that I teach people is to be able to stop looking out of themselves for validation and acknowledgement for how wonderful and great they are, but it's time for them to get rid of the guruism on planet Earth and get into self-understanding, self-acceptance, self-love, and really understand what love is at its core foundation, not that false technology of love that was built into our system that is love only when we achieve something, do something, or make someone happy, which makes us slaves, and therefore we don't see our fullest potential we only see it through the eyes of another person so that's my mission truly wow and you came out with a clever turn of phrase the other day you know you are kind of like the delivery man and the janitor i am yes <laughs> so you work you work you work with individuals and you work with groups and you do you know public events as well and in that you, you're a bringer of the light you bring truth and you clean up the mess <laughs> or the messes that pe the people bring to you. We clean it together. I am, I'm a motivator of janitory work. You know, it's, uh, uh, the message comes from the ancestors and the great council. Um, I listen to what they have to say. I don't pollute it, distort it. 
I don't try to change it. I don't have fear of telling people exactly what they're saying. And then I deliver the message. I'm the delivery guy. I'm not sitting there telling them, okay, what's in this package? I don't have judgment of people because to judge people is to limit them from their growth and not to see who they really are. And so anyway, any form of judgment would make me only be judging my own perception of what I feel about myself. So it's for me, it's non-judgment. Here's the package. Here's what it is. And then from there, I, I have knowledge because of my training and being a shaman, I have the knowledge to be able to help them understand what's in the package. And then what we do is we get our, 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 you know, our janitory clothes on and we start cleaning up the darkness that we find and stuff and sending it to the light with love and, and embracing um, those things with love. Well, I am, uh, have been so astounded in my uh, exchanges with you at the depth of your awareness, your vocabulary, spiritually speaking, um, for what it's worth, because I know many that will be watching and listening to this uh, know of my work. Um, you know, I've listed some of my favorite books at tut.com. I have some others that are a little bit kind of crazy and esoteric that I haven't listed, but they're so profound. They, 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 they ignite my senses, and they're from all kinds of, not that there's that many of them, but they're from different, totally radically different sources. And you are speaking in the most simple terms um, about all of the things that have come from a, a number of different sources uh, to a degree which, uh, like, I, I haven't found in a single human being. So to the listeners, some of this stuff might seem uh, very unusual or very unique or kind of esoteric, or maybe that's Durek's spin. I'm, he's talking truth. He's talking stuff that's... Um, ancient. He's talking stuff that I'm, I already know that listeners are, are finding a resonance with what you're talking about, but it perhaps goes much deeper than uh, first seems to be the case. So my hat is off. I salute you, uh, Shaman Durek. I'm curious, before you had this kind of um, this turnaround at age 30 with being clinically dead for almost five minutes, you were already on your spiritual path at age 12. You started traveling the world at age 20. So what was the before and after Shaman Durek like to somebody who knew you when you were like 28 and somebody who knows you today? Because <laughs> it's just kind of, kind of curious. Does everybody need to go through a near-death experience to, to be as tuned in as you are? You don't have to go. Okay, so... You know, because uh, a lot of people ask me that question. So what I was like before was my curiosity. So yes, I was training at a young age. But when you are chosen, when you're told at five years old that you're the next one in line who has the powers in your family to take on what my great grandmother did in the tribe in Africa as the Sean, as a medicine woman, and now it's all mine now. You know, as a little kid, I'm just playing with my toys. You know, but the thing was, I wasn't a normal kid because I was a kid who was knocking on the wall from my crib, going and screaming and crying and telling my mom the wall is solid I can't change it mommy I can't change the wall and I would cry all the time because I couldn't change the material structures of things and it made me uncomfortable and then when I started realize my mom started to realize that um, these gifts were in me because she would take me to dentist and she would lose me and didn't know where I was and I would be putting my arms around a woman who's been sitting on a bench and whispering in her ear and telling her all the things that spirit wanted her to know and she was crying and she was like oh my god who is this daughter of yours? And my mom's like, it's not a daughter, it's my son, because I just have long hair, she's put it in braids. But my life prior to becoming that incident in the 30s was, um, 
yes, there was Shaman Durek, but it wasn't fully recognized. Like, meaning I wasn't, um, I had my foot in other things. Like, I would be Shaman Durek, but I wanted to see what it was like to be a modern dancer. I was Shaman Durek, but I wanted to see what it was like to be a model. I was Shaman Durek, but I wanted to see if I wanted to be a lawyer. You know, like all of these things I was putting my feet in because I, I didn't want anyone to decide for me my life. I wanted to, to experience it while going through my training. But what ended up happening was I put my foot in modeling. I put my foot in all of those things. And at the end of the day, I was bored. I felt nothing. And it was interesting because my mom always said to me, she wrote when I was a little boy, she wrote a circle and she said, honey, this is you. And here's the spirit. And she wrote a big circle. And then here's all these other little things that you're going to try to, that you're going to want to do. But these things are like not going to satisfy you more so than seeing the human spirit develop and evolve. And she was right. I would be doing runway shows in New York and in Europe and I'd be bored backstage and everyone would be coming to me and asking me for help. I would be talking to people. I didn't want to put pollutants in my body. So people would always call me the spiritual model or, you know, this kind of thing. And then after the whole death experience, it was like my transitional phase to like really accepting the responsibility, the devotion. And that's the one word I really want to use here is devotion. You see, when you are in something, if you're devoted, it's a part, it's, it's not, you're not doing something, you are it. And when I had that death experience, it woke me up to my true devotion. Then I realized that none of these things mattered to me at all. I feel like crying right now. Um, it just was so pivotal in my life to see the devotion I had for creation the devotion I have for you, the devotion I have for the people of this planet, the devotion for myself, and, and this constant uh, feeling inside. All I want to do is love people and show them how love can grow in so many ways. And, uh, you know, you, at that point, you, when I asked me on the other side, do you want to go back? It was as clear as day that I wanted to go back. Yeah. Because people, you know, when yeah. you... You wake, I wake up every morning, I, I want to hug everyone in the street, you know? I have this whole belief that if you hug 10, 20 people, your life gets better. So I have people doing these, hugging people. I don't, people know me as the shaman who will never shake your hand. I will never shake your hand. I will never touch your hand. It's so impersonal to me. A hug is so much better. Wow, wow, wow. So devotion, I think, is a key to an ascended state, a higher vibration, finding our spiritual path in this 10-year dark, uh, darkness that we're going through right now. How would you recommend somebody direct their devotion? Because not everybody you know, is here to be a healer or a teacher or a light. I mean, uh, I mean, we all do that indirectly one way if we follow our bliss. But... People are looking for their bliss. They're looking for their passion. They're looking for some traction during these wonky times with, you know, the, what we're going through right now. How do they get their devotion on? How do they get bearings and direction? What would you, what would you, what do you advise on all the people you see who are going through what we're all going through? Well, the first thing to getting your devotion on is understanding your truth. 
right? And a lot of people don't understand their truth because they've compromised themselves so much by accepting less and accepting lies. And so the first thing is to simply be okay with your truth, wherever it is in that moment. I don't care if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a Wall Street exec, if you're a mother, if you're a teenager, um, if you're a child, it's about accepting your truth as is in that moment and being a part of that truth. That truth then illuminates you to recognize that the core of why you are in that. You know, like I was making a, a, a joke that people are becoming devotional by liking people on Facebook because what they're actually doing is they're actually learning to be more clear about what they, you can, they're learning about what they like. And it's like a great, they're, they're exercising this thing, but to some people it may look superficial, but they don't realize that there's a bigger energy. It's the fact that they're liking things. Now it's to understand why they like it. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, an evolution. Devotion is an evolution and it takes the great thing that we have on our planet is, is this time because it allows time is fair, forgiving and revealing. It allows things to expand and that devotion begins to expand into many levels. So the first thing I say to people is stop compromising just stop you are a child of great power you there's no reason why you should compromise at all if you're compromising it means you don't believe in who you are the other thing that helps people get to devotion is stop thinking that you can compare yourself to someone or that you can actually judge another person or judge or feel be judged by someone else. It's impossible. The great thing about creation is there is no duplication. I don't care if you go to every flower in the garden, every tree in the garden, you will not find the same one. There is no duplication. Everything has a different print, a different movement. Something is different. Even if the coat of a, a horse looks the same, there's something uniquely different about that horse, that person, that tree, that flower. Mm. So there is no duplication. That means what? That means that no one from the time that your life is here can judge you because they would have to have eaten the same food as you, played with the same toys as you, had the same ideas as you, be inspired by the same things as you. So we have to be devoted to ourselves first. It's the idea of this is okay, where it is right now. Now, as you embrace that, that's what I said where the illumination process happens, where you begin to realize what the true devotion is. See, devotion is like an awakening uh, out of a beautiful sleep. You begin to realize what it is you're really devoted to. And what are you really devoted to is simply where do you put most of your energy? So that's the first thing that people can start noticing is where are they putting their energy? You know, are you devoted to arguments? Are you devoted to um, overeating? Are you devoted, like where is your devotion right now? And how are you utilizing this devotion? Is this devotion to this thing or this thing actually creating you to feel so good inside, to wake up and go, yes, I love my life, right? And if you're not operating in that energy vibration, that means that whatever you're devoted to right now is actually poisoning you. And if you had to wake up every morning with a bottle of poison by your, by your bedside and, you, and, you, and, and it, had said, it said poison with the cross and bones, and you, would you drink it? Would you see it and drink it? Most people wouldn't. So why are they putting, why are they drinking in those other things in their lives that's taking them away from themselves? Wow. Very, very profound and very spot on. Um, 
I know that you do a lot of channeling, but you do it kind of stream of conscious. You're doing it perhaps to a degree right now, um, yeah. or you're capable <laughs> of doing it right now. Uh, you're on fire. Uh, you're also able to go to the inner council. That's what you called it, I think. The council, yeah, the great council. The great council is kind of you going within to, to, the, to a much higher source, if you will. Um, you're tuned in with awareness and consciousness on other dimensions and in this dimension, but on other planets. We talked about the fact that, uh, I think briefly, that I'm bringing out a book with Tracy Farquhar. She's channeled the collective of aliens from Brohashka. Um, I know how real that is. However, I know how loony that must sound to many people, but you know, you get in truth for a little while. It's like, of course, you, you just know. And so I know that so many of the things that you've been sharing with me now and in the, our earlier conversations, it's just like, wow, this is all like, you are a confluence of all these things, streams of consciousness, uh, et cetera. So I just kind of wanted to share that with listeners because we might not be able to go to every nook and cranny, but you are really kind of an open vessel of, uh, of knowledge of light, of truth, of love. And some of the things you said to me about, uh, you know, I didn't even ask or, or even take you there, but you saw like a, a priest archetype, which I would have, uh, I knew, um, and, uh, you know, bad experiences with the church in other lifetimes, which, oh, I could have told you that, but no one has ever put that to words, and neither have I shared that with anybody. Um, I mean, so it, it's astounding. Astounding. Follow adventures, the degree to which Shaman Durek is and, uh, and uh, let's see. Let's I wanted see. to. I wanted to. Do, do, do you hear that echo? Do you hear that echo? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Noah, do you hear an echo? Do you want to do something about that? Is there anything to do right now? Yeah. You know what? Let me turn that too. I wonder if you turn your volume down a little bit on mic and dark. Okay. It's probably me. Okay. I've turned it down. I'm still getting it. Mike, can you try, do you have a set of earbuds that you might be able to put in that are handy? Uh, I think so. Oh, one, two, three, one, two, three. Can you hear me now? Actually, it's not echoing now, so it might have, it might have resolved itself, Mike. Okay. But, you know, keep those handy nearby. If it comes back again, that might be a workaround, too. All right. Well, they're handy. They're nearby. So I was just saluting you and acknowledging, Shaman Durek, that there is a, there is a great depth um, from, uh, from which you speak. And uh, I know it. I feel it. I'm honored by it. Um, I've got another question for you. You know, my thing that I feel devotion for that thrills me um, that's that it echoes in so many of the notes from the universe and my books and talks is is um, helping people with living deliberately creating consciously you know our thoughts become things our words give us wings um, there's nothing we can't do with a belief in ourselves and baby steps in that direction a vision in our mind and you have a very cool phraseology here a shamanic manifesting yes and you know i would like to just tell my peeps that are watching right now 
I, I once came from a place, and I think, you know, when we're new on this curve, we might all come from this place thinking that, you know, life is all about, you know, deliberately shaping and contouring your future and your friends and your abundance and everything. And uh, I, I, now at this state in stage of the curve, I see that while we are nonstop creators, um, it's not just about shaping tomorrow. It's about being in tomorrow. It's about being in this moment. It's about love. It's about patience. It's about so many other things to the degree that we could say, you know, manifesting is going to continue without us um, or, or we're, we're going to continue streaming our manifestations, whether we consciously try to shape tomorrow or not. Um, and therefore, it's more of an option for those who want to amass a great fortune or invent a hula hoop or whatever, go for it. It's there. It's an option for you. But I have kind of learned that you don't have to go manipulate the whole world to live in joy and abundance. And in fact, through joy, abundance and harmony, health and healing, and great relationships is a natural byproduct. And it's, and it's not the derivative of micromanaging those things so that is kind of an aside point so that i, I don't want to set you up now um shaman Durek, like okay now how can we all be better manifestors it's like look it's an option uh there's a place for it uh and it can bring great joy and has done great things in my life and clearly yours but what would be your take on shamanic manifesting living deliberately uh, going with the current uh, what to accept what to reject what to form anew okay so in in the way that we shamans operate and look at the at the energy of how things are actually moving we see it moving like this in a circle okay and that circle never stops just like your cells your um, your electrons are never stopping your chakras are never stopping the energy around the planet is never stopped moving everything is moving in a circle and if you if you remove and look inside of a tree you also see the rings Right. And so on, on this planet, we have this thing called time. Right. But what exactly is really happening when it comes with time? When people say stay in the now, what are they really saying? They're really saying bring your consciousness into the moment right now. But here in shamanism, we don't believe that that being in the now is the place in which you manifest. Because if you manifest in the now experience, you are realizing that the now is it's an incorrect technology because the technology of now isn't really now, it then. And so even what I just said to you has now become then. And so now, tomorrow, the next day, the day after, and everything after will be what I had said in the then that went from the now to the then and then returns back to me. So it moves like this in a circle, right? So it, when I, it, let's say, for instance, um, people, I hear a lot of times people say, I'm working to, to make these changes or I'm going to make these changes. Okay, in that moment, they are completely defying the universal laws of energy and time because their example of going to do something has no destinational place within a future map that is quantum. So if they say, I'm going to make the changes, I would say to them, well, what day? Or what year? What time? Right? Because we are living in a, in a, in a, in a complete movement that goes in a circle. And so what happens is when you say that, 
it gets thrown out into some dimension somewhere else and maybe one of your other quantum uh, cells that are you know parallel to this dimension actually made those changes but you don't ever make those changes because you threw it out into space so we believe that there's a there's like the, the way it operates is that Everything that goes after now, you don't manifest from that area. It's like tossing a fishing thing out and waiting for fish to come. You could be sitting there for days and months trying to reel that fish in. And it takes a longer time for it to show up. And the universe doesn't understand your meaning because you haven't clarified. And in shamanism, we all, we're all about clarification. So if you haven't clarified what you're talking about when you're talking about the future, like if someone comes to me and says, Shaman Dirk, what is my future? I'm like, which one do you want me to look at? Right. It's like, come on, you know, we have to look and think in quantum ways because we're not living in a, in a linear universe. I mean, a linear planet as well. So the thing is, what we do is we go to the past. So when you say something in that it already happened. So like, for instance, um, it was so amazing how people were um, experiencing the show that we did and how it just opened up so many doorways in their hearts and their minds. That was the best time ever. Okay, in that moment, the universe saw it as the, as the past, not the now, and now it's gonna become the, the, the reality. So it goes in the circle and shows up immediately in your life because everything in the past becomes your now. So you always wanna know where you, what's going on in your life now. All you have to do is look at what you're doing in the past. And if you wanna know what tomorrow and the next day is gonna be, look at what you're doing right now. So everything is moving in this dimension. And if you understand these dimensional gates between the, the then, the past, the now, and how it actually works with the future, you can actually be an amazing manifester. So literally, I'll give you an example. Um, I was saying with my, um, my manager, I said, you know, wasn't it amazing how we went to Iceland and we got to sit down and have tea with the president? It was such a beautiful occasion and everything was so wonderfully laid out for us. And she goes, that was the best ever. One month later, we get invited to Iceland and what are we doing? We're having tea with the president. And everyone is like, it's amazing what you guys, what, what you both can do. And it's, 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 it's not, it's for everyone. It's just that you've been taught to believe in a linear motion. Like for instance, a woman came to me and she said, you know, Shaman Dirk, I went to two psychics. Two psychics told me I'm gonna be alone with cats for the rest of my life. My girlfriend told me to come and see you. What do you see? And I said, okay, darling, all right, here's the deal. If you continue acting the way that you are and being the way you are and thinking the way you are and going, that, and going in that pattern, you will end up with cats. They're right, it's nothing, it's nothing uh, you know, different about what they're gonna say. But I'm a shaman, so we look into the quantum sphere. And the quantum sphere is being able to see every possibility that exists. And if you can focus on that possibility and see what that possibility is. So what I did was I focused on that possibility, saw what she was doing in order to have a man in her life, how she was, what kind of person she was, the way she operated. And then I looked at where she was now. I knew exactly what changes to make in her life. And then all of a sudden she becomes that reality. She's now quantum shifted into a different reality where she actually thinks she's staying still because the thing is you're not really staying still. There really is no stillness. You don't even realize you've been jumping dimensions since you were a child. The thing is you're doing it so fast, it's faster than a blink of an eye, it's faster than a millisecond. So you can't pick, your, your brain doesn't register the transference 
It just knows that you skip. But some people can um, slow it down. They get deja vu. And some people get different things. But this is the way to manifest, always to go and speak about it as it already has happened. It was so amazing how people loved the energy in my store and the clothes that I had. And then my girlfriend's like, oh my God, all these people started coming into my shop. That's because she's now creating in the correct way where the universe now can pull it back into the now. And now she gets to experience it right now. Wow. That's exactly what I teach. But I don't use those words, nor did I have that understanding. Uh, and so many of the things you talked about, parallel realities, alternate futures, uh, the circle of, of experience and time that's echoed in these books and in my own deductions uh, and in the Frank material from this advanced planet, they, they experience time cyclically. Uh, and so you put that all together in such a way, uh, I was, I, I'm moved and grateful for what you just shared. That's a takeaway that we can all leave. Um, this evening with that we all the desires that anybody watching now has frame them as if they've already happened in the past give thanks for them as if you've already received them do demonstrations as if it's already a done deal in your life oh and I, add I, one more thing. I want to add one more thing so even when it comes because this is the other thing too that I noticed that people do is they do what I call framing they frame people in time. So for instance, they have one experience of a person. Okay, fair enough. That person is not the nicest person. Okay. And then what they do is they say, well, that's who that person is. And so they put a frame around them that quantum traps them in a dimension. So now that person will keep showing up the same exact way because there's no room for them to grow and evolve. And in shamanism, we don't frame people we realize that people have the limitless potential in which to grow, expand, and evolve. And so what we do is that we hold only the projection of the truth of what we want to experience. So for instance, my father was never a big hugger, and my sister used to always say, like, dad doesn't hug, it's not his style, it's just not the way he is. I mean, what are you talking about? Dad's an amazing hugger. Dad loves to hug. He is such an amazing hugger. Every time I see him, he's like, come here son, give me a hug. You know, she's like, what are you talking about? He's never hugged. I've never seen him hug you. I said, oh, you're mistaken. I don't know what you're talking about. And soon, all of a sudden, my dad started hugging everyone. And my sister was like, how, how, dad's hugging. And I said, yes, because my projection of him was stronger than your projection of, of, not, of him being stuck in that dimension. I was willing to go into that purgatory you put him into and pull him out wow. by changing the, 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 the constructs of the quantum view that I have on a person. And this goes for people who are sick in hospitals. You go in that hospital and your kid is sick and you start crying, you are basically saying, yes, I accept this condition. Yes, I accept this reality. When I was in a wheelchair and the doctors told me I was never gonna walk again, I told my friends, if you walk in my house and tell me, oh, I feel so sorry for you, don't walk in my house again. You come in this house and you tell me, Derek, get out of that chair. Derek, what are you doing? Derek, stop wasting time. Use your powers and focus in seeing me dancing, walking, traveling, and doing all these things to bring love to people in the world. We have the ability, you know, in, 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 in Haitian culture, we call this either cursing someone or blessing them. When someone has a great idea and you go things like, well, you know, uh, you know, you want people to get mad at you. Uh, I don't accept that reality. I don't accept that projection of your quantum, uh, your quantum box that you want to put me in because it doesn't serve what I need in my life. Truly. Wow. 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 And, you know, 
everybody can perhaps relate to this, or let me push you there. We can all relate to have been, having been put in a box by other people. How often have we put somebody else in the box? You know, exactly. and how we can reframe another great tool. You gave me another uh, powerful slogan, a phraseology the other day that I want to explore a little bit with everybody, see if there's some takeaways here. Uh, navigating the conscious streams to allow more success and happiness into our lives. Is that reframing or is there something else there? Yeah, so exactly. So do you want to talk about that? Yes, please. Okay. Let's navigate because we want to get our groove on. We want to perform magic to the point that it ain't no thing. It's just a normal occurrence in life. Okay. So the thing is, is that um, a lot of times people will take plant medicines like ayahuasca and different things. And I always say it's the Disneyland effect because people don't do the foundational work in shamanism to understand what these things are. But when they're seeing like colors and lines and all that kind of stuff, they have no idea what it is. But what it is, it's a conscious stream. And there's conscious streams around us all the time. Human beings, we have not, we, because the system was flawed by its technology, because the beings in the dark realm um, uh, manipulated our, our education system and how we actually learn and grow in our ability to adapt on earth, we have a structure that tells us that if we are to go into our thoughts, everything that's there is ours. So we have this belief that every time we hear something, we think it's us speaking to ourselves. But the thing is, it's not. Your brain is an amazing conductor. It conducts energy waves, patterns, colors, you name it, through all the universe. And what you actually pick up on is what you're focusing your consciousness on. That means you're in a conscious stream. So when you hear something negative, that means that you're in the river of negativity stream. That means that you haven't disqualified it, dismissed it, and denied it as untruth and not serving who you are and who and what you represent. So all of a sudden, once you disqualify it, that stream shuts off and, you, and then you decide to go into the stream you want. So there's a technique you can actually do. I'm actually gonna do it with you right now so you can experience what I'm talking about, okay? And for those of you who are watching, please, it would be so amazing for you to experience it as well. I just want you to say one simple word in your head, like love or anything, just say it in your head. And that means that you're, you're calling in that stream. So go ahead and say something. Tell me when you said it. Say, yeah. I want more. Say, I want more. I want more. I want more of the word? No, so you're gonna say, so you're gonna focus on that word, and then you're gonna say, I want more, and look at what pops up. And then close my eyes or open my eyes? Doesn't matter. Tell me I what you have. More. Good. What popped up? Say it again. I want more. Wow. Beautiful human form popped up. Right. Say it again. This is a technique that is teaching you how to jump into the river of that conscious stream and just ride you all the way back to the source. And so the thing is that I want more is you basically giving permission for your consciousness to have more of that.
And that's what happens, what happens with, with conscious streams is like when I work with people who have like writer's block or creative block or things like that, all I do is simply ask them to pull up something that's creative and ask for more and ask for more and ask for more. And then I say, now I want to feel more. I want to feel more. I want to feel more. And before you know it, they're vibrating, they're shaking, they're getting downloads from the muses. They're like, oh my God, I have all these amazing ideas because they're riding that stream into the, the, to the source. That's what, what you're doing the same thing with the darkness when something negative comes in and you keep your attention on it. You're saying, I want more. So then you ride that stream all the way to the underworld and then you get polluted by darkness. And that, that's how they get in. And so the thing is, is that any thought that's in your head that is negative is not you. It's a conscious stream that you have keep, you kept jumping into and riding that river in, in it. And you just simply have to cut it and say, I disqualify this. And then you go to the conscious stream that you want. So let's say, for instance, you want to heal something and you focus on that healing and you learn the practice of saying, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. I have seen children who are in so much pain in cancer hospitals that I work with, with the doctors, and they do that. And the kids are like, I feel no pain because we created a conscious stream for them to jump into. And then pain was no longer necessary because they were in that stream. And so what happens is, is that when I was healing my legs out of the wheelchair, you know, um, I pulled myself into a conscious stream of reconnecting my spine and my brain to, to work, to make it work. And I just kept saying, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. And all of a sudden I started feeling these sensations in my body. And then I kept doing it every single day. And then all of a sudden my, I, my, I started getting response in my legs. And, you know, and then I went the physical therapy, of course, it brought me back to where I am today, where I can jump and run and do all these different things, you know, and this is a powerful tool. Now, this is the beginning stage of the shamanic tool. The, the, the beginning stage is to teach you the discipline of staying conscious of what stream you're tapping into, right? So when people do like ayahuasca and they see these colors and these things moving around them and they come back and tell me, I'm like, what was your experience? They're like, well, I saw colors, I saw this, I saw that. Like, but did you know what it meant? Not really, but it was really cool. Well, that's nice in Disneyland-like, but the thing is those colors and streams came from the plant medicine. The spirit of the plant was giving you those streams and saying, jump into this river. We have something to share with you. Jump into this river and learn how to navigate this river. And we're gonna, you're going to meet a being who's going to give you new healing techniques, who's going to give you the, the understanding how to get out of the problems that you have in your life. I mean, people have the knowledge and the wisdom to go into any of these streams and meet the most powerful beings that will give you everything. I mean, how do you think Tesla, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Edison? I mean, the list goes on. I can think of all the amazing inventions we have that before we had them, because they fell into a stream and followed it without question and just stayed their mind on it. And all of a sudden this information came to them. And to other people, they were considered doing black magic or they're considered not, you know, uh, not sane in, the, in, in their mental, um, you know, constructs. However, what they were doing was tapping into other beings that, that gave them uh, a transmission and said, come with me, follow it. You know, people always think a spaceship is going to land and transmit, uh, uh, you know, to us and whatever. No spaceship is landing on Earth and making themselves known until we learn how to love our own kind. However, they do send transmissional streams and conscious streams, and we can follow those conscious streams, meet with those beings, and get the downloads that we need to create new technology. Jeez, exactly some of the stuff that Frank from the other planet was saying. and uh, Amazing. Now, how about this? Um, to take the pressure off of people picking the word, although... 
for some folks, that's going to be super easy. They're going to, this is the stream I want to swim in. Um, it kind of came to me as you were speaking, just a mantra almost all day long of, I want more. Um, for me, that would intuitively mean more of whatever I most need, more of whatever I most love, more of, you know, just more, more. Thank you, more. I want more. And, and I, would that work? Yeah, you can do that. And if you want to like experience it, so like, okay, so I'll give it to you in another way. So bring the word into your head right now. Tell me when you have it. Okay. I want to feel more. Say that. I want to feel more. Good. I want to feel more. It's Good. Just rising up. It's just rising. Yeah. Increase the energy. Yeah. It's almost as simple as intention and creating the space through expectation. You know, to me, the declaration, the I want more is the intention. Um, I would also call it end result in my, in my work. Um, but You're going blurry. Up, up. I am a little bit blurry. Hello. Wow. Okay. So let me ask you, we're getting uh, towards the last uh, not 11 minutes. So I, I see a couple of questions. We're going to take those questions real quick. Um, what are some routines that you, well, whether or not you do them, you're in a different place right now. You probably are, you're probably automatically doing stuff. What routines would you recommend that we, your listeners, who you are now tuned, tuned into, follow? What would be a logical thing to advocate for us as far as practices, rituals? Okay, so, um, so one way is to build discipline in your, in your ability to maintain focus and awareness. I do this with my students, is uh, you actually get a candle and you stare at the candle and you clear your mind of everything. The moment something pops into your mind, you stop and you, and you write down the time. And the thing is you keep doing this practice until you can get up to an hour to two hours of clear focus. Because the clearer your focus, the stronger your healing abilities, the stronger your connection to connecting to your guides, the stronger your ability to be a stream, to tap into all the conscious streams when you need to, like that, because nothing is going to distract you. Another thing is if you're... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Tell me again. So you look at the, ca the candle. Yes. So when? Until something comes into your mind? You look at the candle and focus all your attention, just focusing on the flame. On the candle. Yes. Soon as your distraction, like if you move your head away or you start thinking about things other than focusing on the candle, you, you, you write down, the, you have a little watch timer and you write down the time and then oh. you do it again. So you see how long you did it for. So if you oh. start the timer and you say you did it for, let's say, 20 seconds without being distracted, then you want to get up higher. You want to keep going higher. And see, in shamanism, we, I, teach, I, you know, I teach my students Discipline, devotion, compassion, non-judgmental, all these things that it takes to bring shamanic awareness into your being and be able to access all these different planes of consciousness wow. being affected by these dark energies that, you know, so we know how to deal with the darkness, we embrace it with love. But the thing is, what happens with human beings and the way the darkness built the system is they build it as a distraction mechanism. So you'll be distracted from yourself. So my other thing to add, uh, Mike, is that when you do meditation, stop meditating in quietness. Stop meditating by the brook and the stream and by the mountain and by the birds chirping in your ears. Learn to meditate in the most distracting, chaotic sounds of fire engine trucks, whatever it is where there's noise and lots of people talking and chitter chattering and see if you can maintain your meditation. 
one of my trainings that I teach my students is if you can't meditate in chaos and you can only meditate in peaceful environments, you need to be able to be a light in the chaos. You need to be able to meditate in chaos. So your attention, I used to go to concerts with my elders and they used to sit me down in the middle of the concert. People are screaming and jumping around and make me meditate for three hours straight. You know, and it, it, it strengthened me, right? And everything in shamanism about strengthening yourself. Um, another wonderful exercise is connect with the trees. So you cover, you take your hand, your palm of your hand and you cover your navel, right? And you take this hand onto the tree that you feel called to connect with and you breathe, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. And what you're gonna feel is a sensation going through your body. And then when you do that, you just look up and the network of trees will send all this energy into your body and download knowledge and information that will actually help you increase your, your intuition, your abilities, your, your, your healing capacity, your capacity for new technology and awareness, everything. It's wonderful. Um, yes. Another technique is to sit down in the morning and do an exercise where you simply call in laughter into your being. So you call in laughter and you keep calling it in and you keep calling it in and you breathe every time. So it looks like this. I call laughter into my being at 100. <sighs> I call laughter into my being at 200. <sighs> I call laughter into my being at 300. <sighs> I call laughter into my being at 400. <laughs> and the thing is, when you do that, I'm seasoned and I make my students seasoned in it. When you fill up laughter in your being, it, it increases your endorphins in your body. It stimulates your immune system. It creates anti-aging in your body. It reverses your, your, the cell damage in your body. It, it, does, it, 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 it is so wonderful. So at first, you might not start laughing. It's because your body has to release poison. So you might start coughing and you might start yawning. And that's okay. That's a part of the shamanic experience. But what happens is your codes are being, re re um, being changed. By you calling it in, it goes into your body. When you breathe, because the breath is air technology, and the air technology in shamanism is how we pull things into our being. So when you breathe and take in that, eventually you're going to get to where I'm at, where I can just call it in immediately and be laughing on the floor and or my students will be laughing and the whole auditorium will be laughing because I'm teaching them how to to call in laughter or call in joy or call in you know uh, anything they want to call in thanks for tuning in if you enjoyed what you just saw or heard please share with a friend uh, thumbs up, like, follow, whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this. If you want more inspiration, every single day I send out a note from the universe. Right now it's going out to a million people. We'd love to add you to that list. Enjoy. Thoughts become things. See you next time.